Mike Cohen, welcome to my podcast. And one of my favorite broadcasters from just a few years back is joining me. Uh, his real name is Richard Sarur, and he is an immigration expert, but radio fans of CJD remember him as Ricky Sears. So let's start off. Uh, first of all, happy birthday, Ricky. Well, thank you, Mike Cohen. Uh, you are also one of my favorites, by the way. When I live, when I read The Suburban, the first column I go to is your column. I love reading your column. I love what you've done for Code St. Luke. So congratulations. But thank you very much. I am 57 years young as of March the 8th. Well, you're a baby because you're two years younger than me. Uh, but I, I was, you know, when I saw it on Facebook and communicated with you, I said, you know what, let's do a podcast and let's tell everyone what Ricky Sears slash Richard Sarur is up to. Of course, we've seen you as a candidate the last couple of years, but let's go back to CJD. You were on for a number of years doing the evening show. You were very entertaining, very charismatic. Remind us, how did you get that show? I think Steve Couch did a contest or something. Yeah, so Steve Couch, the then program director, who in my book is probably one of the greatest program directors in the history of the sport, uh, launched a contest. I actually didn't win that contest. Lori and Olga won the contest, and they got a weekend show. But Couch got so many calls and emails about me that he called me up and he said, listen, I mean, there's something there. I'd like to offer you a midnight to 3 a.m radio show. It's an overnight show. It's a graveyard shift. But, you know, let's start you off like that and then we'll see. I said, I'll take it. I'll take it. I did it for two weeks. At the time, I was still working somewhere. And it was brutal. I mean, doing midnight to three, getting home at 5 a.m., sleeping two, three hours and go then going to my day job was very tough. But I did very well. I got calls even midnight to three. There's a whole world out there of Truck drivers, taxi drivers, nurses, there's nightlife. They were calling in. Couch couldn't believe. After two weeks, I said to them, listen, I love the radio game. I can't keep up this pace. Either pay me enough that I can quit my day job or give me another shift, but you know, do something. So he offered me 7 to 10 p.m. Uh, and when I took over that time slot, the average listener, quarter hour listenership was about 7,000 listeners. At the end of 18 months, I had over 21,000 listeners, 7 to 10 p.m. So it was the most fun I'd ever had, uh, and I, I enjoyed every single minute of it. How many years did it last about? So about three years with CJAD, and then I got a call from an American syndicator, uh, Talk America. And they said, we've been listening to your shows, and we think you can do great things in the United States. If you want to roll the dice, let's do it. I rolled the dice. We did a show in the States for about a year and a half, but I was based in Montreal. And via ISDN line, that's what it was called back then, I do the show. The mothership was in Vegas, and they broadcasted the show across 15 markets in the States via satellite. Small uh, places, you know, like Knoxville, Tennessee. Small markets, but 15 markets. Things went well. I didn't enjoy it as much as Montreal, you know, but still it went well. Hello, Knoxville, Tennessee. Hello, this one. Hello, that one. Then I got a call one day from the uh, president of the company that said, look, it is not cost effective for us to do a show out of Canada because all they know is Canada. You need to move to Las Vegas. The time I was married to a Quebec lawyer, I had a baby. 
said, what's my wife going to do in Vegas? She can work as a cocktail waitress. <laughs> my contract doesn't call for me to move to Vegas, but if you throw a bridge truck at me, I'll move. They said to me in old-fashioned American style, we're not throwing anything at you. Either move or we'll fire you. Wow. So I kind of got fired and quit all at the same time. I sued. I won. Got a big, well, I didn't actually go all the way. I got a big, fat settlement. But that was that for my radio career. I came back to see JD and said, look, you know, but they said, you know, we've replaced you. We love you. But uh, it is what it is. You rolled the dice. Didn't work. And so ended my radio career. And you can't, you, you had that name Sear, because I guess Sarur, you just kind of changed the wording around a little bit. Well, Steve Couch and I sat down together in a meeting and said, the Richard Sarur show, hmm, what do <laughs> your friends call you? I said, well, they call me Rick, Rich, Ricky. He said, okay, I like that. We'll cut Richard. We'll make it Rick or Ricky. We'll cut Sarur in half. We'll make that Sear or Sear. And we'll spell it C-Y-R because we're in Quebec. There you go. You are now Ricky Sear. Brilliant. I trademarked the name. I owned the name. They paid me, and it was payable to Ricky Sear. And, uh, and just like that, Ricky Sear was born. Yeah, well, my late father, who was in radio, passed away nine years ago. His name was Lawrence Frederick Cohen. But when he became a radio announcer when he was young, long before I was born, he changed his name to Larry Fredericks. And everyone knew him as Larry Fredericks. And even growing up my whole life, people didn't understand why I had a different last name than him. But that was his stage name. So I know where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, uh, he tried to get me to change my last name because I'm Michael Jeffrey Cohen to, uh, to Mike Fredericks. Uh, but uh, I decided not to do that. And, uh, you know, even though there's lots of Mike Cohen's, I've decided. But, Ricky, uh, you know, your day job is very interesting. You're the CEO of the Canadian Immigration Council. Tell me, what does that organization do? Well, we're a, an immigration consultancy. I'm a registered and certified immigration consultant. So I have a license to practice immigration law. I'm governed by a regulator like the Barreau du Québec. I go to court. I represent people in refugee hearings and sponsorship appeals and humanitarian cases, sponsorship cases. Uh, but, you know, I've been doing this for the last 21 or 22 years now. Uh, I, I own and operate a firm of slightly over 20 people. You know, I employ lawyers, consultants, accountants. And, you know, we help people immigrate to Canada. We help uh, people come and work uh, here in Canada, uh, refugee claimants, like I said, uh, people want to come uh, study here, uh, residents want to become citizens, anything and everything having to do with immigration, we do, we help people. And uh, honestly, I found great joy, I derive great joy out of this job, out of this occupation, because we're not selling, you know, mortgages, we're not selling insurance. We are changing people's lives for the better, and they're so grateful. And I bump into people on the street that I helped 20 years ago that I don't even remember, who say to me, do you remember me? I was a student. You helped me immigrate. Today I'm married. I've got children of my own, and we live such a great life, and it's all because of the work that you and your uh, firm did. And so it's gratifying work, uh, not as fun as being Ricky Steer on the radio, you know, but it is gratifying. and. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do Do you have a legal background? Like, uh... No. So back 20 years ago or so, once I lost my job with Talk America, you know, I found myself with a wife, with a baby, unemployed, bachelor's degree in commerce. 
And I didn't know quite what I was in my radio talk shows, to my, my salesman. What, what do I do? I wanted to get back into radio, but, you know, where do you go? There's only one station in, Mon- in Montreal, and that's CJD. Uh, I didn't really want to move. Um, so my wife, who's an attorney, said to me, you know, you don't need to be a lawyer to be an immigration consultant. You can do it without being a lawyer. That was back then. And she said, you know, you've got everything it takes. You can do this. You can make lots of money and you can help people. So I got into it. It was at her. Uh, she's the one that suggested it. A year or two into it, though, the, the occupation became uh, uh, regulated. So I had to go back to school. I had to pass a series of exams and I needed to get my license. And I did. And, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. So I, I built, I think, a nice business. And, uh, and that's it. That's how I got into it. Very interesting. So let me ask you, the, the big question I would ask anyone in your field is, what's yeah. going to be with these poor people from the Ukraine? Well, look, the Canadian government, look, you know, I wasn't a big fan of Trudeau, by the way. I never was. But I have to say that I find that lately he's grown a spine. Between what he did with the truckers and the convoys, the way he's reacted to Putin and what's going on in Ukraine, the way he immediately created programs to help these poor Ukrainians. You know, Ukrainians can now come to Canada as visitors very easily because it's usually very difficult to get a visitor's visa. He has simplified the process for Ukrainians. Basically, you have a valid passport. You can buy a ticket and come to Canada. We can immediately get them valid work permits. We can get their kids student visas. And all this has been facilitated by the current government. So, you know, uh, give credit where credit is due. So he's done a lot. And uh, Ukrainians are welcome to Canada. And Canada's welcoming them with open arms and lots and lots of help. Is it too early? Or have you you already started the process with any Ukrainians? Oh, listen, last week alone, I must have had a dozen Zoom consultations with Ukrainians in bomb shelters. Wow. It is so sad. And it is so surreal like i'm live with them and they're they're telling me how they feel and they're asking for my help and i want to help them uh but it's tough it is a humanitarian catastrophe and it's very tough and they've got to get out of ukraine they've got to go to poland or wherever and then once they're in a safe country they can easily come to canada yeah yeah very wow really really heartbreaking for sure so let me ask you now you know the other thing the other hat you wear you've been a candidate for the federal conservative party in the last couple of elections you've run in sailoron which is a liberal stronghold and we don't know if that will continue because right now the tories probably have one of the most interesting leadership races they've had uh in decades with uh with uh poliev pierre poliev the front runner and jean charret uh, and Patrick Brown, the, the mayor of Brampton, they've got some really good candidates. And it seems to me, uh, Ricky, if Polyev, Polyev or Charest win, um, one of those two, uh, both being fully bilingual and, and so on and so forth, that uh, the Tories might have a chance to win some Montreal writings. And I, what do you think? Well, look, I, you know, I agree. I agree. These are both heavyweights. These are both good men. Either one I think, would be a great Prime Minister of Canada. Uh, at the end of the day, we need somebody who's going to be able to unite this fractured country. You know, Polyevra is popular in the West. Will he be able to rally, um, you know, the moderates in Ontario and in Quebec? I don't know. 
Charé, uh, well, you know, he's got some baggage, but boy, is he a heavyweight politician. Uh, could he become the next prime minister of Canada? I think so. So I don't know who's going to win this thing. I think both men are terrific. I wish them both luck. And, uh, you know, whoever wins, I will be there behind them to support them in their corner and on their side. Very politically correct the way you answered that <laughs> question. So uh, I, I think it's great. So uh, we will put the information for your, uh, you know, the Canadian Immigration Council in the body of description of this podcast. And my final note to you is, you know what, I'm going to talk to you off air because I think the Ricky Sear podcast is coming to uh, a, a platform near you sometime in the future. I think you'd have a lot of fun with it. You know, I thought about it and I'd like to do it. I never got around to doing it, but perhaps this could be the beginning of something incredible. Well, Richard Serer slash Ricky Sear, thank you so much for joining me. The pleasure was mine and I thank you and wish you all the best. Thank you. Great, Great to have Ricky Sear slash Richard Serer with me today.